the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Monday, July 26, 2021, 602-508-0960. Beginning of a new week. Hope you had a great weekend, Bill, particularly for you. Uh, hope you had a great weekend. And uh, any movies, movie update, anything there? I've seen nothing but uh, crummy ones. Um, so nothing to recommend uh, that's come out that's new. I would like to ask, what's the matter with Hollywood? Can you make us a movie? Can you make us a blockbuster? You used to be able to do it. What happened to the year when you made all those great movies in one year? Everything from, uh, what was that? The Days of Wine and Roses came out as the same year as Lawrence of Arabia, Arabia, which came out as the same year as The Miracle Worker, which came out as the same year as... uh, as several several other movies, just an incredible amount. This is 63, 1963. Uh, probably five more you've heard of. I don't have the list in front of me, but easily five more that you've heard of. And now they just, what? Who are they marketing to? Who are they marketing for? I'm not sure. I told you I saw that one movie everyone was so crazy about. What was it, Black Widow or something like that? Ugh, terrible. Assumed a ton of null. It was one of those movies, you know, where you try and watch Star Wars and you say, well, which one? The first one? No, I saw the second one. Oh, you saw The Revenge of the Sith? No, it was The Return of the Jedi in like 1979. Oh, no, that wasn't the second one. Well, the first one wasn't Star Wars? No, no, that was the fifth one. But it was the first one that came out. Yes, but it was the fifth one. And the second one came out. Oh, that was the eighth one. Okay. Fine. If the Avengers wants to play that game, that's up to them. Uh, but I have to tell you that um, lest I sound too much like Adam Carolla, let me move on. To, that's kind of something he'd – someone ought to send that to him. Can you go off on why Star Wars is misnumbered? Okay. <laughs> There's a word for that. I, I'm not sure what it is. Super, super numerary, something like that. Bigger issue, of course, is what's coming down the pike. Anthony Fauci is now making news from the Sunday shows over the weekend that for the vaccinated, it is being contemplated that masks will be required again, that the CDC will be changing its guidance on masks. So if you threw your mask away um, after you got vaccinated because you were going with the CDC's recommendations, um, you may have been wrong. You may have been wrong to do so. You can't just follow the CDC and do what the CDC says, after all. You have to do follow the CDC and do what the CDC says right now. See, what they said last week won't apply, and you'd be a fool for obeying it. It's like so much of the new social policy that we're trying to get used to. Um, the, 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 the rules are way way ahead of the politics. People did not vote for this. People did not vote for never-ending intrusion 
into their lives, into their businesses, nothing, um, nothing like that. And yet Anthony Fauci is, you know, he's gone from no ma- – anyway, we'll do that in a second. He may have a bigger problem on his hands, and Rand Paul may have discovered it. And Rand Paul is acting like a pit bull on a jugular. Good. Listen to what Anthony Fauci said over the weekend to Neil Cavuto. Doctor, we've had a back and forth week with some politicians, particularly uh, over the issue of the, the source of this virus that occurred in a, in a Wuhan lab and accepting your word that, that this was not something Machiavellian on your part. Uh, Joe Rogan wrote in the Washington Post today, the foreign policy columnist, that what everyone can now see clearly is that the NIH was collaborating on risky research with a Chinese lab that had zero transparency, zero accountability during a crisis. No one in a position of power, he says, addressed that. Uh, Fauci is arguing the system worked. It, it didn't. What do you make of that? Yeah. You know, it's more complicated than that, Neil. I don't, I don't know if we can explain it in, in the brief period of time. It's not we that have. complicated. If you look at the research, Stop. That was- it's not that complicated. Rand Paul asked you, is if Rand Paul has asked you any number of times under oath, has the U.S. government funded gain-of-function research in China? We'll go over the audio in a minute. It's not that complicated, yes or no. Did you send it to a second party so that it would have an indirect trail? No, absolutely not. You don't know what you're talking about. You're lying. He accused Rand Paul of lying. Listen to the rest of his answer to Cavuto. If we can explain it in in the brief period of time we have, if you look at the research that was done, it was research that was highly recommended by peer-reviewed, our United States peer-reviews. It got a very high score in the peer-review system. And the purpose of the research was very, very clear. It was to try and determine what was out there in the bat population that might be ultimately risky for us. It was done in the context of trying to find out so what it was the precise done. environmental bat source was mm. of SARS-CoV-1. Oh, we're trying to find so bat sources of SARS. Okay. Yeah. We're trying to find bat sources of, 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 of SARS-CoV-1. Uh, so for those of you that may not remember CoV-1, um, Anthony Fauci does. He was there for it. It was around, what, 2003, 2004, somewhere in there. Came out of China as well. And listen to the rest of Anthony Fauci. ...was of SARS-CoV-1 so that we could prevent SARS-CoV-2. So it was research that was done by qualified people right now. So qualified they prevented SARS-CoV-2. Or did they? They didn't. So qualified. Go on. This thing about China, that's a different situation now. Back then when you were dealing with qualified Highly respected Chinese scientists. scientists. I can't listen anymore. Qualified Chinese scientists with peer review and the best scientists in America. So we never did it. We aren't doing it in front of Congress and under oath. To Neil Cavuto, well, yeah, uh, but it has nothing to do with China. It has to do with SARS-CoV-1 and the investigation of transferring bat diseases to humans. But that's not China and COV-2. That's SARS-CoV-1. Well, SARS-CoV-1 came out of China. And there's something sticky 
about bats transferring the disease to humans. There's something in there. I'll tell you there's something in there because we've been told there's something in there. And it came from a wet market, we were told. But to borrow, if I might, from John, what's his name of Comedy Central? John, John uh, Stewart? John Stewart. Well, you can have a bat or a pangolin in a wet market that some guy ate and he got the virus and spread it to everyone else. Or you can look at the virology lab that's in the city of Wuhan that does experiments on these things deliberately and have at a minimum an equiprobable theory. And while we are denying up until Neil Cavuto interviewed Fauci this week, weekend, while we're denying we sent money to the virology lab to study this thing, we are now admitting, well, yes, we did. But it has nothing to do with China. I don't understand why. Neil Cavuto's a lousy interview. Stop right there, Anthony. Dr. Fauci, why does it have nothing to do with China? SARS-CoV-1 came out of China, too. And they were respected scientists working off peer-reviewed research to prevent a SARS-CoV-2. That's everything Anthony Fauci just said. They were so good, Seth Liebson says, that they did the job of preventing COV-2. No, the man is full of obfuscation and bureau speak. Obfuscation and bureau speak. But when you go to the plain meaning of what Anthony Fauci is saying, he's lying. Give me Fauci two and one. I don't care which one. Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entire, entirely, entirely and completely and incorrect, incorrect that the NIH has not ever and ever. does not now ever fund. Yeah. Did we lose gain it? of function yeah, research in the Wuhan Institute? Do they fund of Dr. Barrick? We do not fund, mm-hmm. you fund gain, Dr. Barrick's gain of function research. D- Dr. Barrett does not doing gain of function research. When we come back, is, I'll tell you why we think Rand Paul the, is right and Fauci is wrong. Aside from the fact that Fauci told us he, well, he didn't tell us. He told Neil Cavuto he was wrong. It's just that some of us happen to be listening. I'm Seth Liebson, six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. Be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Thank you, Bill. I, um, I want to uh, stay with Anthony Fauci for just a few more moments, if I may, because I think what he told Neil Cavuto is rather remarkable. Bill, uh, reset to the Cavuto in question and answer, if you don't mind. You know, um Doctor, we've had a, a back and forth week with some politicians, particularly uh, over the issue of the, the source of this virus that occurred in a in a Wuhan lab, and accepting your word that, that this was not something Machiavellian on your part. Uh, Joe Rogan wrote in the Washington Post today the foreign policy 
columnist that what everyone can now see clearly is that the NIH was collaborating on risky research with a Chinese lab that had zero transparency, zero accountability during a crisis. No one in a position of power, he says, addressed that. Uh, Fauci is arguing the system worked. It, it didn't. What do you make of that? Yeah. You know, it's more complicated than that, well, Neil. I don't, I don't know if we can explain it in, in the brief period of time we have. If you look at the research that was done, it was research that was highly recommended, highly recommended. by peer-reviewed, our United States peer-reviews. It got a very high score in the peer review system. And the purpose of the research was very, very clear. It was to try and determine what was out there in the bat population that might be ultimately risky for us. It was done in the context of trying to find out what the precise environmental bat source was of SARS-CoV-1 so that we could prevent SARS-CoV-2. So it was research that was done by qualified people. Right now, when there's all of this thing about China, that's a different situation now. Well, Back so then, when you were dealing with qualified, highly respected Chinese scientists. So that's it fine. isn't qualified, highly respected Chinese scientists like the ones I'm sure who turned those who were trying to tell the truth about COVID. Uh, this 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 is really quite hard to swallow. Um, we successfully did it with highly recommended peer review to understand SARS-CoV-1, so as to prevent SARS uh, to prevent SARS-CoV-2. Well, they did it, and then they didn't. Uh, this was highly recommended peer-reviewed research done by qualified people, high re highly respected Chinese scientists, to prevent a SARS-CoV-2, and it failed. One wonders how highly recommended that peer review was. One wonders how qualified these people were. One wonders how highly respected they were. And one wonders what it means to be highly respected in the chi Chinese scientific community. Um, this is another reason that the topic du jour is problematic. What's the topic du jour? The topic du jour is obviously trusting the scientists, getting over vaccine hesitation, getting vaccinated, and possibly wearing a mask after you're vaccinated, thus returning to normal, that whole line having become itself a lie. But following the science, as I said, means following what the scientists say today, not what they said Yesterday, months and months ago, I remember noticing Jimmy Kimmel before this became before this became something the Democrats were weaponizing against the Republicans. Jimmy Kimmel said something along the lines as it's hard to blame people for not wanting a vaccine when every piece of information about covid has contradicted every other piece of information about covid. The number itself that we were supposed to achieve to get herd immunity, Anthony Fauci lied to us about and admitted he didn't use the word lie. He said, I just moved the goalposts because not the facts on the ground changed because he said the American people weren't ready for the higher number. So now Anthony Fauci determines when it's OK to lie to us. And were we conservatives or we who are 
somewhat skeptical of these quote-unquote highly qualified people were to blame because they have been wrong from the get-go. What else has Anthony been wrong about? Give me the montage, Bill. Do you have it handy? Bottom line, we don't have to worry about this one, right? Well, you know, obviously you need to take it seriously and do the kinds of things that the CDC and the Department of Homeland Security are doing. But this is not a major threat for the people in the United States, and this is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. By the way, this was around the same time Nancy Pelosi and Bill de Blasio went to their respective Chinatowns and told people to come there. Why did they tell people to come there? They told people to come there and congregate. Again, we're not masking. There's no vaccine on the horizon. In fact, Anthony Fauci is on record three times saying a vaccine won't be developed in 2020. This is at the same time Nancy Pelosi and Bill de Blasio are encouraging people to go to their respective Chinatowns in New York and in the San Francisco area. Why? One reason and one reason only, and it had nothing to do with science. It had to do with political science. One reason and one reason only, which was because Donald Trump imposed a travel ban from China to try and protect the United States from this virus. They take it to mean, well, whatever Trump does, we must call it out as racism and also do the opposite. Trump is a racist for blaming China. That's why Andrew Cuomo said it was the European virus. I don't know why the Europeans didn't rise up and complain, uh, but it was completely misfactual. It was completely not true. It is not a European virus any more than my cousin visiting me from Scotland, who does a layover in Minneapolis, is visiting me from Minneapolis. They're visiting me from, obviously, Scotland, just as the virus has visited us from China. It is not a big deal to admit what's, frankly, right before your very eyes. If you want to distrust the government, fine. But they have given you the cause to. They have given you the cause to by directly lying to your face over faux issues, fake ersatz issues of racism. Donald Trump wasn't racist against the Chinese, and he wasn't racist (laughs) against the Europeans. And yet, and yet, Democrats wanted to play footsie with this. Over 1,200 medical experts, well after this, six months into this, 1,200 so-called medical experts, I'm sure all very highly qualified and authors of peer-reviewed material, said that the quote-unquote scourge of white supremacy, close quote, is as lethal a public health issue that produces dates and contributes to COVID-19, which is why the mostly peaceful protests of last summer were supported by these 1,200 medical experts. Who do we trust? You can't stay in the same place when you trust the same person because they're changing their mind all the time. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. 34 after the hour, we get our culture and economy update from John Dombrowski. He is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates, grandcanyonplanning.com. 
is his website. He has a radio show, too, in his own right, 7 a.m. right here on 960 every Saturday morning, The Word on Wealth. Hi, John. I hope you had a good weekend. Fantastic weekend. Thank you, Do you, you have Seth. a movie recommendation for me? <clears throat> you know, I haven't been in the movies in a couple of years, uh, so... No, not really. I'm sorry. How about yourself? Nothing. Nothing. It's, I got it's nothing. It's really bad. Yeah, it's I, I really, really bad. don't really see anything out there that to me is. I've tried a couple. Uh, they're just they're just not getting it done. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I don't understand why because you know once upon a time they could do it in one year, John. In one year, mm-hmm. 1963, they made Lawrence of Arabia, The Longest Day, Mutiny on the Bounty, To Kill a Mockingbird, wow. uh, Divorce Italian Style, The Miracle Worker, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, Days of Wine and Roses, mm. The Manchurian Candidate. That was one year. Birdman of Alcatraz. One year. That's what Hollywood used to be able to do. Yeah. Well, things have changed right now. Things have changed. And yes, things are have. changing <laughs> in the economy. Did I read right? The housing boom may be, uh, may be slowing down. Well, I mean, definitely we saw a uh, – this is for single-family new homes. Yeah. Uh, sales of new new family uh, – single-family homes uh, falling uh, to a rate of 676,000, it says, uh, for the month of June. This 6.6% below May's rate of 724,000. Still a lot of homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 19% below the June 2020 level of 839. So we're, we're down, um, you know – 20% from, from its high back, back in June. Uh, and also the prices of homes. So this is really where I think uh, some of this is coming from, Seth. You have to look at the devil in the details here, which is basically the price of homes has just been increasing so much that that's definitely going to stifle sales because people can't necessarily afford the homes as, as they could a year ago or two years ago uh, because prices have risen so much. We saw uh, prices... Um, and still increasing five six percent uh, over the past month or two. So, mm-hmm. um, cost of goods uh, has increased. Cost of building has increased because of that, as well as labor labor costs. The cost of land has increased. There is a lot of demand out there still. Is it slowing down? Yes. Is it a good thing? I think so. I think this is good for those buyers out there uh, to be able to see the markets cool off a bit. Uh, but I would say this again. If you put your home on the market, there's definitely people out there that are interested in buying it right now. Uh, yes. So just, you know, it is still a very strong uh, real estate market. And a right little now. stronger here probably than in other and, parts yes. of the nation Arizona's that affect these statistics, the, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. As Arizona usually is, Yeah, right? right. No, absolutely. Um, and I suspect it's going to go spike again, frankly, if we, if we see uh, closings uh, in California as we're expecting to. Uh, right. And we're seeing uh, interest rates again yeah. still falling. So there are some um, you know, reasons Enticements, for, yeah. Yes. For, Come for, to Arizona. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Come to Arizona and uh, register as a Republican. The other interesting thing, John, you yes. don't have to comment on that, oh. is uh, – 401ks that are being forgotten. You know, yes. I had a job 20 years ago. I had 401k. I moved on. It was the last thing on my mind. Mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about it. This turns out there's like yeah. 24 million on me or something. This was interesting because yeah. over 1.35 trillion dollars yeah. in assets yeah. of forgotten 401ks. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, most people, if you've got a, a you know savings account or any type of investment account, you're aware of that. But a lot of people, when they leave a company and they go on to their next job, they forget about the 401k that they had. And the prior 401k, uh, unless the company is going to mandate that you move it, 
um, you've got a you've got an opportunity there, and you want to make sure that you take that with you. Now, you can do a couple of things with your 401k if you leave an old company. You might be able to roll it over to an IRA and now have some opportunity to invest that a little bit uh, more in line with what your goals are. Uh, or if it makes sense, you might be able to move it into your new company's 401k. I usually don't recommend that, but that is an option for you. And depending on where you're at in your your uh, working career, if you're fully going to retire, then you may also begin withdrawals from that 401k. So there are options for you. Please don't forget about your 401k. Don't be part of this statistic. 2.8 million accounts left behind annually, it says in this study. If you're moving from one job to another, call me. Let's talk about that, and let's make sure you get that money put in a place that's going to help you build your net worth for your retirement. Or take the one point. Three five trillion in assets in Toto, mm-hmm. and pay for the two thousand and one operations of the U.S. government because oh. that was our federal budget then. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, but that's that's our money. Our, <laughs> that's that's our money. One twentieth of our yeah. budget debt. Unbelievable. God love you, John. DeBrus. Yes, the Securities and Advisory Services offered to Client One Securities LLC, member of Finra and an Investment Advisor, Grand Canyon Plenty Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Talk tomorrow, Seth. You betcha. Bye bye. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, portions of which are brought to you by my friends at Trades Unlimited. They are my friends, and they are also a sponsor of this show. They'd like to be your friend, too, for all your roofing needs, whether it's an inspection, a repair, whether it's a replacement, a fix, you name it. I know the folks at Trades Unlimited because I visit them at their warehouse and offices, and I am a customer of theirs as well. I have used them right now. They want you to know that um, if you have a foam roof or are interested in a foam roof, they're your team at Trades Unlimited. Quality and service is what you will come to know with Trades Unlimited, and they are expert at all kinds of roofs. But right now, they want you to know that this hot summer sun is perfect for foam recoats to help keep your house insulated from the heat also from noise, and most importantly, from water leaks. They have an A-plus rating at the BBB. Don't wait until it's too late. Call my friends over at Trades Unlimited at 480-483-1775. That's 480-483-1775. Or find them online at tradesunlimited.com. Now, I know it's a lot to keep track of, but in that answer Anthony Fauci gave to Neil Cavuto, on Friday, saying that uh, the research they funded over at uh, NIH uh, was done after only highly recommended peer reviews by qualified people who are highly respected Chinese scientists. Well, as it turns out, one has to wonder how qualified they actually are, since that was research done to prevent a COV-2, and it was. But he's also able to deny that any of this was gain-of-function research because of a very stinted definition of -of gain-of-function he has. For example, Richard Ebright, not a name you need to remember right now unless you already know it, is a uh, three uh, three degrees from Harvard uh, scientist over at Rutgers University who said, quote, what the NIH funded was unequivocally gain 
of function research. If you go to the Wall Street Journal editorial board today, you'll find um, you'll find that uh, they they have the goods. They have the receipts on Anthony Fauci and how he, through his bureaucratic speak, gets away with um, saying that Rand Paul is a liar. I think he's going to end up walking that back, and I think he's going to end up being in some degree of trouble. That having been said, I still think the vaccine hesitancy is the issue going forward, as well as masks. But on vaccine hesitancy, I think Kimmel did have it right. Because the government has been wrong about so much when it comes to COVID, practically everything, it's hard to convince the last remnants of those who aren't getting vaccinated to get vaccinated. And who can blame them? Listening to the experts, the experts have been, in fact, all wrong. Just Fauci alone on two major, three major issues, I can tell you. One, go about your lives. Nothing to worry about here. Two, don't wear a mask. Three, misleading us about what it will take to get herd immunity. Okay, four, there won't be a vaccine in 2020. Once it came on board, he said people, once it was uh, uh, announced, right right after the election, of course, he said it won't begin until 2021. Also factually false. He's been false and wrong about a lot. Bill, you want to play a little more of his greatest hits? We be changing our habits, and if so, how? No, right now, at this moment, there is no need to change anything that you're doing on a day-by-day basis. I don't think this is something that the United States public should be worried or frightened about. Mm -hmm. I think the risk is very low right now for the United States. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it, because people are listening really closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask, and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course, of course. Right. So as he says, we are now going to have to talk about masking the vaccinated again. He said that today. I just I just want a reporter, just just, you know, some journalist, not Neil Cavuto, who slobbers all over him. I just want him, someone, her, I don't care who, to ask Anthony Fauci about the major studies that substantiated what he was saying back then. That is to say, substantial studies that showed masking didn't work. There's a study from the World Health Organization. Remember that organization came out in 2019. So before COVID became political, let me just quote you directly from it. However, there is currently no evidence that wearing a mask, whether medical or other types, by healthy persons in the wider community setting, including universal community masking, can prevent them from infection with respiratory viruses including coronaviruses. How about the New England Journal of Medicine? The New England Journal of Medicine is the gold standard of medicine. Quote, we know that wearing a mask outside health care facilities, in other words, hospitals, we know that wearing a mask outside health care facilities offers little, if any, protection from infection. Public health authorities define a significant exposure 
to COVID-19 has face-to-face contact within six feet with a patient with symptomatic COVID-19 that is sustained for at least several minutes. The chance of catching COVID-19 from a passing interaction is therefore minimal. In many cases, the desire for widespread masking is a reflection reaction to anxiety over the pandemic. By the way, that six feet was made up too. There's no science on the six feet. And then, of course, you have the CDC itself. If you doubt me, write down the hyperlink. cdc.gov backslash EID backslash article backslash 26 backslash 5 backslash 19 dash 0994 underscore article. More not for you to write it down. Call me if you want it or email me. Um, More for you to know I'm not making this up. Quote, CDC, quote, there is limited evidence for mask effectiveness in preventing virus transmission, either when worn by the infected person for source control or when worn by uninfected persons to reduce exposure. Our systematic review found no significant effect of face masks on transmission of laboratory confirmed viruses. Now, that's the inefficacy of masks. As we're now talking about requiring school children to either vaccinate or mask or both, I'll tell you what and show you what that means when we come back. I was going to change my intro top of the hour song and my producer Bill put the kibosh on that. Um, he says, it's, you got everything you need right now. You got your Van Halen. You got your, what else did you say, Bill? You were making the case. You got what? What, what was the case you made? Well, not that. The opening song. I wasn't going to change the ending song. Yeah. That's not an argument. You've just mentioned the song. <laughs> okay. I'm totally into the cars these days. I don't know why. Something about uh, the sound just hit me. I missed everything. You have to know, growing up, I'm, it's, it's a game of catch-up for me. When everything was popular at the time, I missed it. I'm still catching up on 80s movies, and it explains why I'm uh, catching up on 80s music as well. Um, the uh, Why, you may ask? Fine. Uh, the answer is because when everyone else in my peer group was listening to that music and being hip and normal and cool, I was uh, trying to learn how to improvise improvise on a trumpet. Okay, and listening to jazz. So I got to know who Maynard Ferguson and Doc Severinsen were, but they got to know who Rick Ocasek and Eddie Van Halen were. I don't know who was the long-term winner here. I told you about what masks don't do. Let me tell you what they do do, particularly with children. I'm reading to you from an article I read to you earlier. A new study involving over 25,000 school-aged children shows that masks are harming school children physically, psychologically, and behaviorally, revealing 24 distinct health issues associated with wearing masks. The health issues and impairments in this study observed to affect 68% of masked children forced to wear a face covering for an average of 4.5 hours per day. The study also includes 17,854 health complaints submitted by parents. So it's not just children. Oh, what kind of results? 
Oh, headaches, concentrating, drowsiness, malaise, and nearly a third of the children experience more sleep issues than they had previously. It seems to me for a society that claims to care about children, one of the things you want to care about, of course, is their health, their rest, and their breathing, not to mention their ability to perform elementary, if not educational, tasks. Impossible to do when you have difficulty concentrating, um, uh, uh, combined with drowsiness, fatigue, malaise, and increased headaches. That's the nightmare we're imposing on children to prevent them from getting a disease they will not have negative, they will not have negative consequences for them. Not compared to everything else they're facing, and certainly not compared to the adults. I had an emailer saying, are you blaming old people when you say we're hurting children to save adults? No. I'm not I'm not blaming old people at all. I've said it a number of times. The older the person, the more um the le- the, the less panicked I seem to find them because they've lived life. They know what life is. They know it's not a bed of roses. But for children we should make that bed as best we can and this ain't it. I'm Seth. We'll be right back.